Hello, my friends. It's Ryan from the Prolific Creator Podcast. Now, many of you have asked, hey, Ryan, how do I support the show? Well, I finally listened. Starting today, you can subscribe to the Prolific Creator Plus on ACAST Plus for $3 a month. That's less than a cup of coffee. No apps to download and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Get access to the entire archive of Prolific Creator Awesomeness. Over 160 episodes going back to 2017. Yes, that's right, my friends. A plethora of information and inspiration, tips, tricks, and interviews to get your art and work into the world. Remember those ads? Say bye, bye, bye. Wait, there's more. For $5 a month, you can get access to the full prolific creator experience. This includes the full archives, early access to episodes, listener Q&A, book and movie reviews, and interviews not for the public, and perhaps any other awesomeness I might do on the microphone. Sounds awesome, right? Yeah, it does, Ryan. If you want to listen for free, you'll notice the last 50 episodes or so will always be available wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, by subscribing today, you don't have to download any new apps, and you can simply keep listening on the podcast platform you prefer. Cool. Okay. Cool. Thanks for your love and support in advance. Simply click on the link in the show notes or on my website, and it'll take you where you need to go. Now on to the show. Welcome to the Prolific Writer Podcast, where speed's the name of the game. Follow an indie author and publisher and his guests as they share inspiration, tips, and advice on writing fast, writing often, and writing well, so you can do the same. Here's Ryan. Hello, hello, hello. This is your Prolific Writer Podcast host, Ryan Pelton, and I am so glad that you are here however you found us, by train, on the treadmill, in the car, wherever you are doing dishes. However, these noises, these sounds, these communication thingies are going through your earbuds or in your car. I'm really glad that you stopped by the Prolific Writer Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to helping you write faster, often, and well. So my hope is through this podcast, you will be inspired, encouraged. You will take away many actionable, helpful tips, advice, counsel from some of the most prolific writers on the planet, and you'll learn from their experiences and even my limited experience on writing books, things and stuff. And uh, so I really hope you've been enjoying the show. This is episode number 22. And before we introduce our guest today. I wanted to just say a couple things is if you've noticed your podcast feed, wherever you found, found us iTunes or Stitcher or wherever, uh, there's been a, a week gap. We've had a show every week and uh, didn't want to miss a week, but I had to miss a week because a couple things. One is I'm trying to move all of the podcast over to a dedicated website, uh, which has happened. And you would think that would be an easy process. Oh no, 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 no. You would think moving a website or starting a website or moving your episodes where your podcast audio feed is hosted, moving that over would be easy. That was not easy and multiple emails, multiple YouTube videos, and I'm still alive to to tell you about it, but not an easy thing. So I took a week off because I wanted to make sure that I did it well. And I also wanted to make sure that all the subscribers and reviews and everything made it over in time so we didn't have to start from square one. 
which was not easy, but I'm glad I took the time to do it. So that's why there's a, a break in the interviews and uh, hopefully you weren't too sad. I know um, some of you probably are still in a depressed, not sure what to do with your life phase. Um, and we're going to walk through that. We're going to work through that together um, because you didn't get your daily, excuse me, your weekly prolific writer podcast episode. So I apologize, but to make it up, uh, we are going to have a great interview today with Josh Spilker. And, and I always love when writers are just launching a book and that's partly why I brought him on the show. And we've had other authors on, uh, that promoting their work. And I, I love when there's just a fresh book out that you can go and check out their work. And, and Josh has a book out called Jehovah, excuse me, Taco Jehovah and is it Jehovah Taco or Taco Jehovah? Now I'm forgetting. I don't have it in front of me. Um, it's one of those, Taco Jehovah or Jehovah Taco. And it's a literary style genre book. And I think that's, this is the first literary writer we've had on the podcast. And I picked up the book and he was promoting the book and actually found Josh through medium.com where he writes a lot about writing and art and creativity and ha always has some really helpful advice. And he's been, been a writer. He went to school for writing and does a lot of creative stuff. And uh, always appreciated his perspective on creativity and writing and art. And so found him through that and he just launched a book and it's, it's a beautiful book and it's written in a very unique style, which I won't give spoilers away. Um, but uh, we talk a little bit about that, his uniqueness, uh, doing some experimental kind of writing, which I love. I, I love when authors and writers just think outside the box. And, and one of the things that, that you learn, one of the things I learn and, and, and you should take away is that there is no box, that there's no right way. There's no one way to write a book. There's no one set of advice. There's no one path. Um, partly the path is just putting our butts in the chair and doing the work. And, and however that comes out is how it comes out. And, and, and hopefully you get that from this show. My, my hope is not that you come away with 50 new ideas every week or, but you'll get differing opinions and different counsel and different advice on how to write, how to write fast, how to write often, how to write well. And you're going to notice that it's all different for everybody. So I hope you can take pieces and principles and bits from, uh, the, the people that you listen to and inspiration. And, and I think with Josh, you're going to get some inspiration because he really is trying to think outside the box. Um, and, and Josh has a lot more books planned and ideas planned and they're not all, you know, they don't all fit in the nice, neat row and, uh, don't fit in the, the typical commercial kind of writing. And so I, I'm really glad for that and excited to have him on and to hear his perspective. I think you're going to enjoy him. So check out Josh Spilker. You can find him on medium.com or joshspilker.com. Go to Amazon, put his name, Josh Spilker. You'll find his work there too. He's got a couple things out there. And I also wanted to just make mention, as I've already hinted at, that we're moving the podcast, the show, over to a dedicated website. So it's no longer hosted at Rockhouse Publishing. Um, and so if you do go to rockhousepublishing.com, it'll probably at some point kick you over to the new website. And I'm excited about for the new website, theprolificwriter.net, theprolificwriter.net, where the podcast will be hosted. Uh, you can find us now on SoundCloud and Stitcher and iTunes. Uh, we're trying to get on Google Play and some other audio outlets, so there's more options for you. And also, I'm really excited about uh, the prolificwriter.net because I want to make it a a place where writers can go to find really solid content content and articles and advice and inspiration and where I'm going to talk a little bit about my writing and um, 
craft and things I'm learning, also things I'm learning from our guests and, and just have a lot of good material and resources and things just to, to really help you and encourage you and inspire you to, to get those words down. That's really my hope. There's nothing profound about what I say. There's nothing profound about what anybody says. Uh, but, but hopefully it's a pathway. It's an encouragement. It's a kick in the butt when you need it to, to get those words out there and to, to keep writing. And, and I've seen it happen. I have, I have a friend who's been listening to the show faithfully and he's starting to write now and he's, he's wanted to write for a long time and, and just learned a lot. And now he's starting to crank out some stories. And, and so that's, that's what we hope. Uh, it's not just theory, uh, but we want to get you, get your butt in the chair and get you writing some words and sharing those words with the world because everybody uh, needs your story. And so that's why we're here. So hopefully you've enjoyed the show. Um, head over to one of the audio outlets, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud. Leave a review. That really helps us. And uh, subscribe to the to the podcast. Leave a review. It really, um, I'm really encouraged by the reviews we have thus far. And uh, go ahead and leave a review if you like it. If you don't like it, just leave an honest review. Love to hear from you. So with further ado, no further ado, episode 22, Josh Spilker and... Here he goes. Hope you enjoy the interview. Talk to you real soon. Never has the story of the old glory needed introduction or induction. Just the passing on of morals from the parents to the children's generation after generation. Well, I am uh, privileged to have Josh Spilker on the show today, and uh, why, don't you, why don't you say hello, Josh? Hey, everybody. And Josh is hailing from Nashville, Tennessee, and so we're uh, lucky to have him on today. I'm I, uh, really excited to have Josh on. A couple of reasons. One is he just launched a new book, um, and Taco Jehovah, and if that doesn't excite you or at least create curiosity, I don't know what will. Uh, but uh, want to talk a little bit about his new book, Taco Jehovah. And also, um, I found you, Josh, through uh, actually a friend of a friend uh, that writes quite a bit on Medium. And I've been following you on Medium and really appreciate a lot of the work you've been doing, just talking about creativity and writing. And I really like your perspective on that. And so we can we can talk a little bit about that, too. Uh, yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, why, why, don't you, uh, why don't you kick things off a little bit? Um, tell us a little about your work, uh, especially as you've written a lot on creativity and arts and writing and, and all of that. Um, that's kind of how I found you. So talk a little bit where that comes from, why, why the desire to write about that stuff, and, and we'll go from there. Yeah, um, I think of it more as like writing about the process, which sounds really pretentious, but I don't pretend to have like the answers. So you'll see a lot of like articles out there that's like, how to do this and how to do that. Um, but people don't really write about kind of being in the middle of that. I don't think very much or like kind of in the weeds on some of that. It's always like how to get 5,000 followers really fast on Instagram or whatever. Um, and you know, I'm guilty of writing some of that stuff, but to me that's just more like guilt inducing and kind of like, what am I doing wrong? And there's like a million things that, you know, that we always do wrong, like with our writing and creativity and stuff. So that to me is never really helpful. So I always try to take the approach of like, you know, I tried this, it worked, it didn't work. This is kind of what I'm in the middle of and it's okay if it didn't work. Um, like we can talk about the book in a second, but I mean, I had a couple of plans and templates to like really launch it really well. And, and none of those things really came to fruition. Um, 
you know, and I'll probably be writing a little bit more about that, but it came off a little bit more haphazard than I wanted to. And I, I think that's really real for people, um, especially when you see a lot of kind of overnight success who I've only been writing for like a year and a half and now I have a million followers. I mean, that's not everybody's story for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it comes out really, really well in your writing. Um, it is, is kind of how it really is. Um, and, and that's why I, I started this podcast, you know, and, and I, I can re- resonate with that. I think it's partly why I write, but there's just so much advice on, uh, you actually wrote a post recently. Uh, I don't know if it was recently, but are you overthinking your writing? And, um, you make reference to, you know, the how to's make $700,000 in a month by these quick hacks, you know, $30,000 webinars, uh, et cetera. And, uh, I, I think there's just a lot of, um, stuff that's being said that's, um, not helpful. Um, and also I think there's always a backstory to it and most people don't know the backstory. Um, so the idea of overnight success really is an overnight success. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and I think people like currently I'm in content marketing for uh, a project management software company. And so I'm, I'm trying to play the SEO game like every day for my day job in a lot of ways where you're trying to get the most hits and like kind of the most, um, relevant stuff out there and be at like the top of Google. The thing where I I think a lot of writers don't realize is that a lot of the people that are putting this out there are playing that same thing just for themselves. And a lot of times it's under like this banner of authenticity. Um, And I don't really want to fault anybody because it's kind of a hard, I mean, I've found myself in it and it's kind of a hard line to figure out, but um, I think as writers and I guess artists, it's, it's difficult to know how much to, really go all in on some of that stuff versus like maintaining the more artistic uh, viewpoints and more creative viewpoints because a lot of times creativity is not searchable. It's not scalable. It's not SEO. It's not always going to get the most likes. So, um, I mean, I'm in the personally in the middle of trying to find all that balance. I just wish people would be a little bit more open about it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if you put together a hundred writing tips from a hundred experts and have this huge roundup post, like you're going to get to the top of, of whatever. And I think you should just be honest. Like that's what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think it's interesting because a lot of people that give advice, actually, I would say probably more professional writers, they would say like, don't listen to advice. <laughs> um, you know, you <laughs> yeah. have to, you have to kind of figure out your own path and your own way and what worked for me probably won't work for you. And, um, and those kinds of things. Um, no, I, I think it's. I, I think I, I, I've been really drawn to a lot of your work and a lot of your thoughts is just because it's a unique perspective and it's one that's not out there that common and or that often. Um, yeah, thanks. And and I'd also add to this, and I don't know if this is where you're going with this or what what's you're trying to say. Maybe that's the long game. But um, I, I was reading something the other day, and it, it basically said that art is useless. And and what he means by that is not that it's not important, but he says art isn't. Um, you know, utilitarian. It's not pragmatic. Um, it's, it's not something that we really, you know, get something, we get something from it, but it's not, it's not meant to be used as a pragmatic thing. Um, and, and sometimes just the, the act of creating, uh, making something is enough and whether people like it or not, that doesn't matter. But see, in the last couple hundred years, this is, this is a guy talking, um, really thoughtful artists in New York. And, and, and he said, 
it, it's really a new phenomenon where we now critique art on what's commercial, what's not. Um, but there was a time where it was just art for the sake of art and we don't use it as like, you know, well, if it doesn't make money, then don't do it. Um, and that's kind of what I'm hearing more of is if you don't make money doing it, then don't waste your time. Um, you know, nobody needs that yeah. if it's not useful, if it's not commercial. I mean, even that word commercial, that that's a new idea in the last 50 to 100 years. Um, so, um, so I, again, I don't know if that's kind of where you're going, but that's that's what I hear a little bit. Is just a little bit of your angst in that is just, hey, there's something about creating for the sake of creating, whether a thousand people see it or your mom sees it. Um, and yeah, and there's, sure. there's some value in that. I don't know if I want my mom to see everything that I create. <laughs> okay. <but> mom. <laughs> yeah. Or your dog. Yes, seen some of it. Right. You know, I think we're kind of like in the middle, and I don't mean me personally, but I think as a culture, we're kind of in the middle. Like you used to have, I really think the early 20th century, let's put it from like the 30s to like the 80s or whatever, so maybe the middle of it, was like this really cool period where if you made it, you really made it. So you had a lot of people at the top and then a lot of people at the bottom who it really was you could only, you know, vanity press for writers was like a thing where you like printed out 25 copies and you like passed it out to your friend and you had no chance of getting like in a bookstore or whatever. So you have a lot of fiction writers, I'll just use that because that's kind of what I'm in, who like see the past and were like, I have the talent to make it that high. But then you have a lot of people at the bottom who never would have had that chance. And so I think we're all kind of coming to the middle a little bit as far as the right, the famous, there aren't as many famous writers, for example, or at least not novelists. You know, we could talk about how the medium has changed on that to more like maybe they're writing TV, whereas 30 years ago they might have written novels. But the bottom is not quite as low. So, like, my books probably won't ever sell gangbusters, but I'm still able to, like, reach more people than just like in my neighborhood than I would have been like 20 or 30 years ago. So, um, I think we're just all kind of adjusting to that as a culture that, um, there's different types of art and that, yeah, there's a high premium on utility right now, but there's more art available and we're all kind of finding it. And I'm not saying anything new here, but it's just kind of the dismantling of the, there's more niches than ever before. Yeah, no, I, I think that's the, the positive is that we have these platforms now that we didn't have before with the internet and social media and all that. Um, and, you know, the fact that you could write a book and put it out there and tomorrow someone can see it, I mean, that's that's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, you think about the past. Yeah, sure. You know, I mean, someone would write a yeah. book and it would take two years for it to come out, you know, and then maybe you'd see it, you know. So, um, yeah, that, I think that's exciting. So let's, uh, let's segue a little bit to uh, – your book, your recent book, uh, Taco Jehovah, and we have to talk about that just for the title alone. Um, and uh, but what I what I've enjoyed uh, following you a little bit um, and hearing your story about this story in particular is that it's taken a long time to get published. So it's it's something that you've kind of been working on, thinking about writing, you know, slogging over uh, for yeah. quite some time. But let's let's talk a little bit about that. Um, just a little bit of the backstory of. Um, how you came to write this this book, and then you know what what was kind of taking so long, and why you know why did it take so long to come out, and all those kinds of things. Yeah, um, so I probably started writing this book. I don't even know, like four or five years ago, probably more like five years ago at this point. And um, 
I had a small book come out in 2011 and just was kind of naive about the whole process, like just the editing and like putting it out there. And, um, it came out like on a small press and then, um, you know, I had sent Taco Jehovah to like a couple agents and stuff like that, but, um, really I just don't have the persistence for it as far as like getting it out there. Um, I have an advanced degree in English, but I don't have like an MFA or anything. It's just, which is where you get like a lot of the connections and stuff. So anyway, I found a guy on the internet who actually lives in Nashville and we were in some of the same like Facebook writing groups and stuff. So he had put out a few books of, of some stuff that I liked. So I contacted him and we started working on some stuff and, um, you know, what happens a lot of times, just like with writers is he was just kind of in over his head a little bit with like publishing and, and editing and stuff. And I think that happens a lot with small presses. Um, I've read several articles where it's just like, you know, it's a passion project for them, but then they're kind of taking on more burden because they're putting it out for somebody else rather than I'm more motivated to put out my book than anybody else will ever be. Right. And so it's really hard to get people motivated to put out someone else's book. So just like independent record labels or something like that, um, you know, he just, he just couldn't like do it anymore and and just didn't want to. And so it kind of fell off the map a little bit, um, as far as that goes, but he was a great editor. And I mean, I, um, I met with him, I saw him like last week or a couple weeks ago and, you know, he was super excited about the book and and all that and and the way we had gone. I probably could have made it a little faster, but I decided to try to go back to the agents and stuff like that and didn't get any traction, was still editing it. I rewrote it a little bit, um, changed the scene a bit. So that's why it kind of took a while. And then finally, I was just like, I'm just going to do it myself. And I I don't really want to say I did it myself because I think people are like, oh, if you self-release it, then you you figured out Amazon and you figured out InDesign and you figured out Photoshop like all by yourself, which to be honest, at one time I thought I would have to do all that stuff. But I ended up hiring um, somebody to do it for me, um, which I think is, if you can afford it, is, is and it's not, it, you know, I'm not going to say anybody's prices, but if you can afford some like new technology and different stuff and kind of save for a few months, you'll probably find somebody who'd be able to do it for you and kind of go through some of those hoops. Um, the person I use has put out fiction all the way to like personal memoirs and really personal projects. So he knew all the ropes and stuff and um, helped me design it, lay it out and put it on Amazon. So I'm really glad I went that route and I, I did finance it, but it's not like I, I did everything myself. Yeah, you, t- you talked about that somewhere. I don't know if you wrote up on that. Just the idea of self-publishing really isn't self-publishing. I mean, you have you do have a community of people. Um, I mean, you rarely meet the guy who just does everything, edits it himself, cover, formatting, promotion. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's right. always, there's always a community around around you. You know, uh, helping you make it better, making it sharper, and there's probably some wisdom in that too. Yeah, um, and the guy I found was. Um, we had a similar sensibility as far as the type of books that we liked. Um, and so that was a help too. Um, so yeah, it was a good experience for sure. So, so let's talk about the book in particular. Um, yeah. C- Cooper, who's a, a lost soul, who's trying to find his way in the world and, uh, believes God has told him to s- open a taco truck. And, uh, I've been reading it, actually really enjoying it. And, uh, cool. And so let's talk a little bit about um, two two questions I have. One is, where did the idea come from? I mean, is this really a memoir? I just want to get that on the record. <laughs> record if this is actually your thing, true story, or and or, um, 
you're actually writing in literary uh, genre, so it's it's not you know if you want to make money, it should be romance. I don't know why how you missed that. <laughs> uh, romance. It's not sci-fi. It's not thriller, but it's actually literary. And yeah. uh, so, talk a little bit about that. Just kind of the idea, the the genesis of the idea, and um, you talk a lot about in your blog about working terrible jobs like working at Chili's and Kmart and other places um, and how that kind of feeds into it. But yeah, talk about that. Yeah, it's not a memoir at all. Um, (laughs) I I think my approach these days to writing fiction is it's like, you know, what could I do without actually doing it? And so I really like tacos. I like, I'm kind of fascinated. Like I said, I started writing this like five or six years ago when food trucks, I guess, cool food trucks, as I like to say, like in air quotes, like kind of started taking off like nationwide. Um, and, and I used to live in a neighborhood where there was a lot of taco trucks that weren't necessarily cool. They were just, um, people of, of native origin from Mexico or from Central America or whatever, like having, food taco trucks so i'm just really fascinated with this idea about like when stuff becomes kind of cool and gets like appropriated from kind of the culture um and so the trucks in my neighborhood food trucks in my neighborhood didn't get invited to like the cool festivals to go to or anything like that um they were just kind of normal and always out there and they were like so much less expensive so um that's part of the idea I'm playing with a little bit too. I'm also kind of fascinated by like uh, American uh, mass culture as far as like food and nostalgia goes and kind of how that played upon and like um, chain stores and stuff like that. So the idea is like Cooper uh, is working at a Chili's, which I did used to do uh, in college. Um, and then he is kind of like interested in the origin of Mexican food, so to speak. Uh and then he he feels like God is calling him to open a taco truck. So all of that is kind of ridiculous, and nobody really knows if God is really telling him to open a taco truck or not, and he kind of just follows that path anyway. Um, he's also a very difficult character. He's very kind of in your not in your face, but just very literal, uh, almost autistic. I've had some people ask me that, if he was like autistic. Um, and that's not necessarily the case. I mean, I guess he could be. I'm not going to really address that, but... Uh, you know, he's just very forward in his thinking and you just kind of take the next step and just kind of says what's directly on his mind, which can be offensive to some people. So, um, that's kind of the route the book takes. And then he kind of gets in some, some different situations from there, but a lot of interesting themes about food and the kind of American stuff around chain stores and stuff like that too. Yeah, no, I, I really like the book. It's one of the things that stood out with me was it's interesting. You said autism, uh, the, the way you, you kind of write the book. It's very straightforward in the in the style, um, but it gives this kind of vibe of. Uh, I just imagine this guy with like no emotion and just kind of going through life and just kind of observing. Um, he, he almost reminds me of the the guy from um, Office Space, the uh, the guy who keeps complaining um, complaining that someone stole a stapler. I don't know if you know that or saw oh, that right, movie. Right. Um, but you know, not a whole lot of personality, but just kind of there. But you know. <laughs> um, and he really pulled that off really well. Like it, it kind of draws you in. Like, who is this guy? Like, what, what's his deal? What you know, you. And as a, as a reader on my end, you know, I'm trying to imagine this, this kid kind of wandering through the streets and, you know, going to get his application at Chili's and what that would have been like. And you know, you know, you don't write with like a ton, a ton of detail, which I, I actually like personally. Um, that's just my bias, but, um, but you force the reader to kind of imagine 
you know, the situation and the, the setting and the, you know, mannerisms of this Cooper character, which is great. Um, now, I have another question on that. So, you know, I noticed you, you did everything's lowercase. Right. And is that, what is that about? <laughs> um, yeah. Just, I mean, yeah, obviously so. that was a choice, but yeah, what yeah. were you, is that just kind of to pull the same vibe of the story or how, what were you thinking when you did that? Um, a couple of things there. Like I'm really into, uh, like I did a master's on like experimental novels and fiction and stuff. So I'm really interested in playing with the form, but also interested in how we kind of write today and like talk today. Um, and if you're kind of in your normal emails and like text message conversations, uh, Facebook status updates, Twitter updates, whatever, very rarely is, uh, do you follow proper grammar, mm-hmm. so to speak, as far as like capitalization and stuff goes? Um, I think as far as the book goes, hopefully, you know, the sentences are not necessarily written in that way. They do have a, a subject and a predicate and uh, period there. But that's part of the reason why I wanted to do lowercase is because um, I think it also indicates Cooper's character as he just kind of maybe is a lowercase type of guy. He's not really like, a dominant person and he's just kind of moving through here. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I think it brings attention to the more spiritual part of it and how, uh, in a lot of Christian contexts, God is always capitalized mm-hmm. So, uh, as like a proper name. And so if you go through the book, that's actually the only things that are capitalized is, I think, God and Jesus. Um, I'm trying to think something else. But so it's kind of a reflection of, of that tradition as well. Um, and that reflects back to the name Taco Jehovah. Okay. Yeah, I haven't got to the uppercase stuff yet, so I'll have to, have to wait for that. But um, yeah, that's the most dramatic moment in the book. Yeah, like what? <laughs> the editor must have missed this one. Right. Uh, but no, you know, and it's you know, I knew you were doing it for a reason. I mean, obviously, it wasn't you know, well, he must have just poorly formatted this book, or the editor lost his mind, or something. Um, but actually, you know, just as as an encouragement, I think what people will enjoy is that it actually does add to the character. Um, that, like you said, he, he's kind of a lowercase character. Like you just have the, it just, even, I mean, it's funny to think, you know, lowercase would actually add to that, but it does, it kind of makes it feel bleak or feel, it just kind of is, um, who was it? Uh, is it Cormac McCarthy? You know, he writes the road and if you've ever read that and it's, you know, no punctuation, but it adds to the vibe of the book. It's a, it's a bleak, dark book that kind of ends nowhere. And, um, and yet, you know, I love that way you kind of played with the language in that. Um, so, so let's talk a little bit about that too. Um, just your um, kind of experiences and background. And um, I've noticed most of your stuff that you write as far as uh, books go and, and other things have been more in the literary kind of genre. Um, what, what's kind of been your influences towards that? I mean, are there particular writers, you know, your upbringing, what, what, why kind of this genre style, I mean, telling kind of more realistic kind of stories? Yeah. Um, I'm a, I'm a guy who's really more stuck in the real, <laughs> I guess. I'm not really into like the fantasy stories or like Harry Potter or anything like that. Um, I've just kind of like the literary, tradition of expressing emotion through kind of the everyday which i think not every literary book does that but um you know that's that's kind of what i've liked um this book is really like i mentioned i I studied experimental novels and i wrote my thesis on um house of leaves by mark danielewski i think is how you say it Mm -hmm. um if you've never checked it out it's it's kind of a 
horror story about a house that keeps like expanding and changing. Um, and he writes like in different fonts and has different colors and the layout of the text is really kind of odd. And that, like you were saying about the lowercase, uh, adds to the experience of the story. So I'm always kind of interested in the tangential aspects rather than just like what's on the page and what can happen in a book. Um, so this book doesn't quite go there all the way, but that's, he's definitely an influence as far as just like metafiction in general. So people that write about writing and like the author who is like aware characters who are like aware that they're in a story or, or something like that. The meta meta narratives, meta fiction is always something really intriguing to me. Um, and then kind of lastly that this book has a big bearing on is, um, more contemporary writers like uh, Tao Lin or Noah Cicero or uh, Ben Lerner who write in a very, and I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they write in a more flat style um, that I think reflects, like I was saying earlier, like how we talk on the internet today. And so they're very kind of direct and concrete. Um, another book I really like is called Eat When You Feel Sad by Zachary German. He only came out with one, but just this, and he goes even further than kind of my book does as far as like starts every uh, sentence with like a proper noun and just kind of keeps, you know, Cooper did this, Cooper did that, Josh did this, Josh did that, that type of style. Um, and so I'm just kind of playing with all those things and, and trying to put it together, but I always kind of find that really fascinating. So those are probably more of the direct influences on the book. Interesting. Yeah. It's uh you know, it's funny. I, I heard uh, years ago an interview with Lee Child, who writes, you know, thrillers, Jack Reacher, and yeah. all, all that kind of stuff. And uh, he actually said, uh, you know, if you read his books, actually, he, he um, you know, he, he 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 writes just straightforward. Like here, this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. And you know, the advice for writing is always, you know, show don't tell. And I remember he he actually said this. He said, "We're, we're not sh- story." you know, showers were storytellers. And so he says, you know, as much as that advice, and I know what people are trying to say, he says, it's actually kind of bad advice. It's, you're just telling people what you see and then you kind of let them decide what that looks like in their head and and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, even when you go back our earlier conversation about different ways of writing and writing advice, sometimes it's, there really is no advice. And, you know, you can almost find a writer that breaks all the rules and yet still find success and people still enjoy their works. And, um, yeah, so I, I really appreciate just the, 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 I guess you would say experimental nature of it and, right. and the, you know, not being afraid to try something new. Um, and I think that's great. Um, I think, you know, there should be more writers like that that don't always fall into the, this is the way you do it. Um, this is how you have to do it. Yeah, um, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily recommend that for career advice, kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Um, That's a different conversation. I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, is is art useless or whatever? Going back to that idea uh, with no utility to it. I mean, I think there is, and I'm not very good at this. Um, the idea of like the adjacent possible, where it's like kind of you tweak what's already out there, and that's how a lot of art kind of gets made because people are like generally familiar with you know, one thing and then you kind of tweak that and it becomes something new. I mean, I think a really good example of that is like what happened with stranger things on Netflix is you kind of had these, um, you know, this eighties kid movie influence, but then you had like this John Carpenter, like more 
horror type thing and then they kind of put those two together and people so there's enough familiar beats to it to where people are like oh i get this but then what emerges out of that is like something completely brand new um and that's (laughs) i'm not very good at that so what i should do i guess is take uh lee child's novel and you know tweak it a bit or something (laughs) like that to make uh something more palatable for people yeah, or you know, I hear a lot of writers on my show. They'll talk about you know writing your passion project and then writing something that actually sells. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And hopefully they're not always too different. Yeah, right, right. Um, well, let's let's back up a little bit more too. Let's talk a little bit about. Uh, I'm always interested, kind of where your writing desire came from, and um, you know, what was it like, kind of growing up? Were you around books? Were you around writing? Where, where did that? you know, start, usually most people started pretty young, but talk a little bit about your family, your upbringing, things like that. Yeah. So, um, I've, I've been in the South my whole life. Um, but five different States in the South. Um, and so that's kind of a big, big part of my story. Um, it's Louisiana, Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, Tennessee. Um, and my wife is from the other Southern States besides Arkansas, Mississippi, I think. So we kind of have it all covered. Um, but my dad is, uh, an engineer and my mom, um, uh, stayed at home with, with me and my sister. Um, so I, I didn't really have, I would say like an artsy background, like growing up or whatever, but I was always kind of interested in, in writing and things like that. Um, I remember writing when I was really young, but then didn't really get back into it until later in high school. Um, for whatever reason, I'm not really sure. Um, but I was always really interested in journalism, I think, more than fiction. And so I read a lot of essays and um, uh, would always be reading magazines, I think, more than books, even though I did read a lot of books and um, liked some of the classics. So I was I really liked Norman Mailer and, and things like that, that type of 70s um, new journalism writing. Um, and so I was, I was in journalism for a while and, and did that. Um, but then I just kind of became interested, more interested in playing with form, which I think this book kind of comes out of, and kind of just challenging what people were accepting on online and in kind of in normal literary circles. Um, but uh, I, I went to uh, Vanderbilt University here in Nashville and, and did American Studies and English, um, and then uh, – ended up being a journalist and, and going to grad school as well, like I said, for experimental fiction. So um, where it came from, I'm, I'm not really sure. Uh, I've just kind of always been interested in counterculture type stuff and kind of the stuff on the fringe um, and then being able to communicate uh, that as well as like a lot of nostalgia. I think I was, you know, read on the road and, and things like that and was really fascinated by like Route 66 and kind of this American idea that emerged out of the 50s and 60s. Um, I read that Ken Kesey Kool-Aid acid test stuff. I was into all that stuff for a while, which I know is a really stereotypical answer, but it's true. Um, and then kind of kind of moved out of that into to whatever today is. I'm not sure, but that's a little history there. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, stories and writing always come from somewhere. I mean, it's just those kind of influences. And sometimes writers, it seems they just kind of follow that path and what's interesting and that thing leads to that thing and that book leads to that book. And, um, yeah, I, I yeah. think I, I think there's, uh, you, you know, 
there's a, a thing that, that writing is, um, it seems like, I mean, everybody's a writer. That's what's interesting. I, I think sometimes we think this is like a special, you know, gift that only certain people have. It doesn't mean everyone's a novelist, but I mean, we all have to write and communicate some way, you know, somehow. Um, yeah, sure. Even as kids. I mean, I think we under, underestimate that too, is just even as a skill, like how to become better communicators through writing and being clear. And um, that's actually what I, I appreciate uh, some of your medium posts is just, you know, being able to articulate some of the challenges of being creative, you know, and how to do that in a few hundred words, you know, it's not always easy. Um, but what would be some of the things on the, on that, on that score, what would be some of the things as far as you could probably talk about this all day, but just advice on those that are listening, those that are creative, those that are aspiring writers or current writers is what are kind of the big points that you've been learning along the way, as far as, doing the work, getting the work out there. Um, I mean, you've hit this at a lot of different angles in a lot of your articles and things, but you know, what are the thing, big things that you, you feel like you've been learning as a writer along this path of, you know, putting a book out there, um, you know, creativity, all that kind of stuff. What, what advice would you give? Um, it's a great question. And, and honestly, one that I have a hard time answering because I feel like I still need a lot of advice. Um, <laughs> And I think that's what I try to communicate is that, you know, it's really hard to have it figured out. Um, I think for one is it's just to write what I'm working on right now is to write more clearly and have a lot of clarity. Um, I think people approach, especially literary writing as like, it has to sound a certain way or it has like, you kind of put on this like literary hat, like I'm going to write like F Scott Fitzgerald or, uh, Virginia Woolf right now. Um, and, and kind of what I was saying earlier, you know, I, I feel like we don't write that way. Like we don't write our Facebook posts like that. We don't write our text messages like that. Instead, we're trying to be like really clear. And so I think a lot of people kind of put on this, this writing hat, uh, literary hat. Um, the second thing I, so write clearly, I guess would be number one. Um, the second thing I, I encourage a lot of people to do, which is kind of controversial, but it's really where I get my best ideas from, is to is to copy, like directly copy, and and I don't mean to publish. Like, so uh, if if you're copying something, I'm not saying like, okay, now you have your new novel that you just copied from J.K. Rowling or something, but it really helps get style down, but it also helps you create new ideas. So um, right now, I actually have another in the past few weeks, but I am copying a book, uh, style. And nowadays you can, um, you know, find them kind of PDFs or EPUBs or whatever, um, or just copy it directly from the book. But I am copying a book and just like kind of learning the cadences and styles of it. And then, um, with that, I'm kind of branching off into like my own ideas with other characters that are kind of related, uh, or maybe like in a similar setting or something like that. So it kind of gives you a place to start, but then it spurs off all these different characters and, and different genre stuff. Um, and probably the main reason I'm doing that is because I kind of just felt stuck in a rut with some of the same stories and ideas that I'm having. And so it's like, well, what would it be like to write uh, a Western or like a Victorian novel or, or something like that? or a novel that takes place in, in a different country that I'm not necessarily inclined to write about, but it's like in a different world. And so if I copy someone else's writing and, and see the style and see their perspective on it, it gives you a different lens, I think, than just um, reading a book. Uh -huh. 
And so I don't necessarily think you have to copy word for word uh, all of one novel, but if you definitely copy it, and I suggest writing it by hand, if you definitely write it by hand, a few chapters, um, I think it's really inspiring and kind of will put you off in a new direction than what maybe you typically would be in. I think that's great advice. Um, I'm actually writing uh, uh, Burrito Jehovah, and so it's actually (laughs) just your book. I just changed a few words, but yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, it'll sell better than mine for sure. So Uh, I changed the character name, and that's about it. But um, yeah, um, no, I think uh, who is it that said you know creativity is the art of copying? Um, You know, you you had you had said earlier even there, there's really no new ideas in art. I mean, you're just kind of taking what's already been there and kind of expanding it or tweaking it or, um, but no, this, this is great advice. I mean, I think that almost goes along with just read a lot, you know, get, get the cadence, get it in your head, get it, you know, see how writers put words together, read stuff you don't like, you know, um, or don't usually gravitate toward just to see a different style. You know, ideas come from that. Um, you know, ideas really are everywhere. I think that's, that's really wise too and also if you're you're experimenting with like you said a, a different genre or style like yeah i don't i don't know about that culture i don't know about that era you know um just kind of getting those books in your head or getting those things and just writing them down or whatever no, i think that's yeah, great sure. um you know i, I love you know i, I just want to encourage people that are listening to go check out josh Spoker's stuff on um, medium too he has a lot of good just wisdom there and and i think a lot of your your advice too is is very humble in the sense that you know you haven't arrived and you haven't it all figured out, but um, but I think sometimes everybody's looking for that magic pill, and so until they find that magic pill, they're not going to create anything. They're not going to kind of make that thing that they have in their head or, or they want to make. And your thing is, well, hey, just make it and do it, and it's going to suck, and make it better and get better and put in the time and you know. Um, and I hear that a little bit too with this last book, you know, just kind of like, I probably could have got it out earlier, but it's just, it is what it is. Um, and uh, and like, like I said, I I didn't, I've kind of failed on my launch plan, so to speak. But at some point I was like, I've just got to get this thing out because it's just kind of holding me back right now and I'm kind of tired of it. So it's kind of some freedom and just kind of releasing it and having it be there. Um, that allows me to think about it in a different way as far as like promotion and talking to people about it, but also gives me some freedom to like move on to the next thing um, as far as the actual writing goes. Cool. Well, hey, uh, why don't you tell us what you're working on now or what you're thinking about? Um, kind of what's the next projects you got in the queue? Yeah, for sure. Um, I've been, like you said, writing on Medium, uh, kind of doing doing some of that. Um, that's that create, make, write on Medium. Um, I also do some more creative stuff on there under the term vaguely feel, which is more kind of more like Taco Jehovah, not as much writing process, but more experimental and kind of crazy fun essays, as I like to think of it. So um, I just started a new day job, so haven't had as much time to do that. Um, but kind of in the middle of Taco Jehovah, I wrote uh, this one. I wrote another novel. It's a little bit shorter. It's probably more of like a novella size, um, more semi-autobiographical about uh, a writer trying to get an agent in New York and kind of pursuing these uh, celebrities and heroes, so to speak, uh, that don't really come to fruition. Um, so I decided as a literary fiction writer, I had to write a New York novel because that's where a lot of them uh, happen and kind of occur. Uh, and so I'm kind of 
you know, critiquing that a little bit in my newest one. And I think I'm just going to put it out myself to um, probably in the fall and just kind of keep the momentum going um, as far as that goes. So that one's kind of already in the can. I probably need to look at it again. But uh, then I may do some more like writing process type collection. And then I have another novel that like I was talking about copying and trying to figure out the next thing. So what's your, uh, what's your, when you, in between the day job and and what's your writing kind of process as far as just getting the words down? What does it look like for you right now? <laughs> uh, I was I was talking to my wife about this last night. I would say in the past three to four weeks, it's basically been nothing. Um, uh, and I've my medium posts have like gone down a lot. So really, right now, I was trying to get like one or two of those out just to kind of think about stuff. Um, and then in between, I, I'm. I write longhands as far as the novels go. Um, and so I, I have a notebook where I'll, I've, I've started something and abandoned it within this year, but, you know, write 20 or 30 pages in a legal pad and, and see where that goes. Um, so that's, that's mostly what I do. And I just try to grab that when I can, but honestly, this past month has not been, been very good at all. <laughs> so that's, I'm also uh, seasonally depressed, I think. So as the weather gets better, uh, you know, I'll be staying up later, hopefully <laughs> having a little bit more energy. So I'm looking forward to that. This is usually my peak time this is in the summertime. So I'm looking forward to that. Well, Josh, this is the prolific writer podcast, not the anti-prolific <laughs> writer. So we, we cannot, good... we cannot host this, uh, this episode. Yeah, uh, no, but... just kidding. No. And I think that's an honest thing. I think, you know, what I like about a lot of your medium stuff is you talk about that too, is like, don't beat yourself up and don't jump off a cliff. Cause you didn't write a thousand words today. Um, right. Yeah. Do what you can. Right. Um, well, Hey, tell yeah. us, uh, as we kind of wrap things up, tell us where we can find you. I know you said medium, you've got like nine different channels on there, but, uh, do you have a, <laughs> do you have a website or social media or anything else? Um, my website is in need of deep repair, okay. uh, but it's Josh Spilker, S P I L K E R.com. Uh, I'm on medium.com under Josh Spoker as well. Um, that's probably the best. I'm on Twitter, Josh Spoker, probably the best places to find me. So, yeah. Well, great. Well, hey, thanks, Josh, for coming on the show. And everybody go check out Tacos Jehovah. You will enjoy it. It's a great little book. So check it out. It's on, uh, is it on Amazon? Is it it's just, just Amazon? Amazon? Okay. Yeah, All right. For right now. Yeah, just look up Josh Spoker. You'll find it. And uh, so thanks for the time, Josh. You're going to help a lot of people with this conversation. So thanks for coming on. Yeah, cool, man. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for stopping by the Prolific Writer Podcast. Please leave a review on iTunes so we can help more writers share their stories with the world. And head over to rockhousepublishing.com for books, resources, and other writing and publishing tips. See you next time.